Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. On January 29, 2021, OSHA released guidance for employers outside of the healthcare industry to help them implement controls for responding to and preventing the spread of COVID-19. Let's quickly review the elements of OSHA's suggested COVID-19 prevention program. First, OSHA suggests employers assign a coordinator responsible for COVID-19 issues. This coordinator should then work with management and workers to implement the remaining elements. Second, the employer should complete a hazard assessment to identify where and how employees may be exposed to SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. The coordinator should take the time to evaluate the organization's operations to find areas where employees have close and frequent contact with coworkers or the general public. Ideally, the coordinator will work with employees because they are often most familiar with the conditions they face. OSHA provides guidance on tasks that may place employees at high risk of COVID. This includes having frequent or sustained contact with coworkers or general public indoors or in poorly ventilated spaces. This may include workers in retail stores, transit and transportation operations, restaurants, and bars. OSHA identifies medium exposure risks as employees who have frequent or sustained contacts with coworkers or general public in outdoors or well-ventilated areas. Low-risk employees are those working from home, office workers with infrequent contact with coworkers or the general public. Third, focusing on the higher risk exposures, steps should be taken to reduce the potential spread of COVID-19. OSHA suggests following the hierarchy of controls, which I covered in podcast 48. Simply put, the hierarchy of controls is a process that prioritizes controls from most to least effective. In regards to COVID-19, OSHA provides the following controls from most to least effective. The most effective control is to send home infected and potentially infected employees. This is followed by physically distancing in all communal work areas, utilizing remote and telework as much as possible. Third, install barriers where physical distancing is not possible. Suppress the spread of SARS-CoV-2 through the use of face coverings. Fifth, improve ventilation in the workplace to lower the concentration of SARS-CoV-2 that may be present. Provide supplies necessary for good hygiene. And lastly, perform routine cleaning and disinfection. The fourth element of the prevention program is to consider protective measures for employees at higher risk for severe illness. This will include older adults and any individuals with serious underlying medical conditions. Employers should consider reasonable modifications for workers at high risk who can do some or all of their work at home, or in less densely occupied, better ventilated locations. The fifth element of OSHA's program is to ensure you're effectively communicating with workers in a language they understand, the general facts about COVID-19, and organization-specific policy and procedures. Encourage workers to report, without fear of reprisal, COVID-19 symptoms. Have employees identify areas of COVID-19 exposure and hazards in the workplace. Teach employees the basic facts of COVID-19, how it is spread, and the importance of social distancing, face coverings, and high-end hygiene. This also includes instructing employees who are infected or potentially infected to stay home and isolate or quarantine. In addition, communicate with employees the organization's expectations for COVID-19 testing and the testing opportunities that may be available in the community. OSHA encourages employers to minimize the negative impact of quarantining and isolation on workers by allowing them to telework work in isolated areas away from others, or if those are not possible, allow workers to use paid sick leave if available. Have absence policies that are not punitive to employees who stay home with COVID. You should also have a process to deal with employees who arrive at work with symptoms or develop symptoms during their work shift. 
This should involve immediately separating the employee from their coworkers, customers, and visitors, and be sent home. The next element of OSHA's prevention process is to perform enhanced cleaning and disinfection after people suspected of having confirmed COVID-19 have been in the facility. This includes closing areas used by potentially infected people for cleaning, opening windows and doors in the area to increase air circulation. Wait as long as possible, 24 hours is optimal, before cleaning and disinfecting the area. Provide cleaning workers with the necessary personal protective equipment based upon the hazards of the cleaning and disinfecting products being used. Clean and disinfect all immediate work areas and equipment used by the potentially infected people. This would include offices, bathrooms, shared tools, and workplace items such as tables or work surfaces and touchscreens, keyboards, etc. OSHA provides additional guidance reminding employers to record work-related COVID cases on their OSHA 300 log as appropriate, ensuring employees are not retaliated against if they report concerns about COVID-19 in the workplace, training employees on the benefits and safety of the COVID-19 vaccinations, and ensuring that workers who are vaccinated continue to wear face coverings and socially distance until there is evidence that COVID-19 vaccines prevent transmission of the virus from person to person. I know you're wondering, can OSHA enforce these prevention process elements? Technically, no, they cannot, but there is a partial way around this. OSHA in their press release states that, quote, this guidance is not a standard or regulation and it creates no new legal obligations, end quote. However, OSHA goes on to say that the General Duty Clause can be utilized to issue violations. I've discussed the General Duty Clause in Podcast 20. So while OSHA cannot require employers to implement the prevention process elements exactly as they have laid them out, through the General Duty Clause, OSHA can cite employers who they feel have not done enough to create a workplace free from the hazards likely to cause death or serious harm. OSHA's COVID-19 prevention elements, therefore, provide some reference from which OSHA will base their expectations for employers. I think OSHA could easily and successfully cite employers who do not send home infected workers or come up with a way to separate employees through social distancing or barriers. What should you do? Ideally, you would follow the guidance OSHA has implemented, complete a hazard assessment, and implement controls to keep your employees safe. Have training in place to teach employees about the hazards and risks of COVID, positive aspects of the vaccine, and covers your policies and procedures for reporting and responding to COVID-positive or potentially positive employees. In addition, develop and implement a process to clean and disinfect work areas. While you do not need to follow OSHA's elements exactly, you do need to take steps to prevent transmission of COVID-19 in the workplace. Remember, what you do for safety today may prevent an injury or COVID infection tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, please make time each day to create a safer workplace.